Welcome to the Trail Lines News Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Chap, along with my co-host, Tyler. What's Tyler? What up, y'all? What's going on? Tyler's had a rough day. He's not going to tell you why, but listen, we it, it was a it was a duty. Yeah. <laughs> but listen, we have a lot to get to. Obviously, the Lions, there's a lot of stuff happening with the Lions. All good stuff. It's all good stuff. Uh, but first thing I want to ask you, Tyler... Did you have the same thought when you seen uh, Dre Bly get hired by the Lions? Uh, that like, man, what a great hire that is for for the Lions cornerback coach. Yeah, I mean, um, I definitely heard some people talking and speculating that like it wasn't a great move because you know he didn't do too well at UNC. Um, and he doesn't have a lot of like track record as being a successful coach at any level. But I uh, I, I think it's great. I actually I actually love the hire, and I think a lot of um, Detroit media and Detroit fans and a lot of people that know who Dre Bly is and know the kind of guy he is also think this is a perfect culture fit and a great um, decision. I love it. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's great. It was great. Great hire. You know, it's funny about it. People, they referenced the North Carolina, uh, you know, the way they struggled in the secondary, but like, I gotta be honest. It, it, I know I, I heard this from a few people. Saying that you know why do they hire Dre Bly secondary coach you know and he was he sucked at North Carolina and that defense sucked and everything, dude. I don't know if you know this, but like, it's really freaking hard to be a college coach, and like I would absolutely hate to be a college coach right now because you gotta tell every one of these kids that they're Dion fucking Sanders or like they're fuck they're Sauce Gardner, like what the hell, dude? Like right? No, I get it. There's some guys that don't even – they're not even, like uh, – they're not even made to be college coaches. Like, college coaches, you got to be basically be a freaking babysitter and, like, pander up to all these kids saying, yeah, you're freaking great, dude. And then and then, and then the back room, you're like, this kid freaking sucks, dude. Well, and the way I see it, too, is, look, I mean, in college, I mean, it has a ton to do with recruiting. I mean, the recruiting in North Carolina, I mean, it's – they'll get a couple decent guys, but it's not like they're known for being a powerhouse. I mean – if you're – anybody's even thinking going ACC, they're going Clemson. Well, uh, they, and they, then, uh, they got the best country. Yeah, and all the other guys are going, um, you know, mostly uh, – I'm talking – you know, I should I should specify this. Defense, right? Yeah. Any defense recruits, they're going They're going to, um, you know, Alabama, the SEC. They're going to Georgia, Alabama, LSU. Yeah. They're going to, um, you know, these big-name schools. And so I don't think it's very fair to – um, necessarily um, dictate someone's future or, you know, uh, from that. Um, but what I do want to say, um, you know, for those who don't know, you know, Dre Bly, a uh, three-time Pro Bowl over the Lions. He was on the Lions for, I believe, 02 to 06. Um, and so spent four, four or five seasons here. Um, and uh, it was a great, you know, great corner, great player. The reason I love this too, man, is he is, um, he's very high energy. He's uh, got that grit. He was a pretty nasty player, man. And, and I mean that in the most positive way. Um, super physical, nasty guy, great corner. Um, and someone was saying, um, I've seen some people talking online and stuff too about like, look, um, you know, he kind of knows what it's like to be in Detroit as a player. Um, and he, just like Dan Campbell, you know, and he shares a lot of the same, um, you know, mentalities of him about wanting to build up the city and make this, make the football team great again. So um, for, to get a guy like that, where look, 
he's not getting a big enough role to where like he can necessarily like screw over your whole defense. I mean, he's going to get a role where, you know, he can come in, help teach technique. Um, he can, you know, teach mindset and, you know, he can help these young guys develop. So, um, you know, I think it's great. And I think that with a lot of, with a really heavy cornerback um, draft class, this almost gives me a very good precursor of what's to come. Um, and I definitely think we're going cornerback with one of our first round picks. So, yeah, I think I would agree with that. I think that they're going to get a corner in the draft. I think they're going to get a corner in free agency too. And we're going to get to the free agency portion of the program with our top five free agents. But another hire that they made was Steve Hyden. He's a tight. He's a new tight ends coach. He came over from Arizona. And um, listen, dude, Arizona, it's a total train wreck over there. Just like where Dre Bly came from, uh, North Carolina, they had like 16 guys enter the portal after the year. They didn't even make the bowl game. But, like, we all know that, like, Arizona is a total shit show in, in Arizona. Like, Kyler Murray, um, they just fired their GM. I mean, their, their GM left in disgrace. He basically resigned. They fired Cliff Kingsbury. They don't even have a freaking coach right now. They're Aaron, they're going to interview Aaron Glenn, but if you're Aaron Glenn, like, why the hell would you go there? to get fired right. again. And so like, yeah, yeah, he, he was, he was one of the longest tenured uh, Cardinal coaches. He was a tight ends coach and now he's coming to Detroit. And the one thing you take away from this hire is it's another gritty hire because I didn't know this until I researched this. Okay. And uh, so Steve Hyden played for the Browns. He was one of the, he was the longest tenured Brown players in history. And he, uh, he was released by the Browns in 2011 due to his neck spurs. He did not want to retire, but felt his life was at risk. This dude had neck spurs, and he wanted to keep playing. I don't know what gets more Dan Campbell-esque than that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I absolutely, I agree. I think it's a good hire. I mean, from what I've seen from him, you know, he's a positive uh, positive guy. He like, He's gritty. He's, like, hard, he's hardworking. And I love that every hire, and it seems to be roster fit, it all goes back to embodying the city of Detroit. Like yeah. Dan Campbell promised in his first press conference, we're uh, we're going to take on the identity of Detroit. We're going to take on the identity of the city, and we're going to take on the identity of its people. And I think that that's exactly what they're doing. And seriously, man, we talk about it almost, it seems like every pod, but I can't stop talking about it because it's always stays true is that um, they literally are like, finding and creating this culture and it's finally like materializing we finally have an identity like we know what we want out of our players we know what we want out of our coaches like it took a couple years to like run through the mud I mean Patricia left this place a mess Um, and I'll give it to Dan Campbell he got this ship righted very fast I mean a winning season in his second year when the roster was torn down and depleted to, to nothing I mean obviously we had some we still had some key key players uh, I can't say nothing I mean we had some we had a you know decent guys on the offensive line we had um you know a couple pieces but when I say a couple I literally mean a couple um and so yeah he took over man and for a guy to come in after 20 games and to get a get a winning season on track and b- actually build a culture and an identity of less and less than two seasons uh I think that that's going completely under the radar and we need to be making sure we give him his praises for that. That's, that's incredible. 
Yeah, well, it's a credit to Dan Campbell and Brett Helms because, you know, they overhauled this whole roster. They they overhauled this whole franchise. And, you know, you were talking about Patricia and how he left his, his franchise, you know, total shambles, man. Total shit show. You know, just total freaking bongo show. Like, from, like, dude, you could start with the, the Darius Slade trade, the Quandre Diggs trade. Like, this guy's trade trading, flower signing. This guy's trading away freaking good players for to sign Trey Flowers and Jamie Collins. Like, go to hell, dude. I don't even I, – that was probably the darkest moment of the franchise because, you know, people could say that it was Matt Millen, but Matt Millen – at least he drafted Calvin Johnson. That's where you get you get a little kudos. You do you drafted a Hall of Famer. I mean, I know Frank Ragnow is good and all that, but like you didn't leave anything for these guys, and they've turned it around quickly. Year two, they're they they have a winning record, and that's a credit to Brandt Holmes, and that's credit to Dan Campbell and the coaching staff that he built. But I go back to this quote that he had, uh, Dan Campbell had in his initial press conference, and I thought the last line was just interesting. He said, it's just, he goes, you talk about a compatible unit, not just talk about us offensively, not to mention the defensive staff. You talk about a working environment. It was phenomenal. He was talking about New Orleans, the time he was in New Orleans. He goes, that's what I want to create here. It's just a bunch of guys that want to better themselves. They want to learn from the game. They want to learn about the game, and they want to grow together. And one man's strengths is another man's weakness and vice versa. We know how to cover for each other. I know people are. Yeah. I know. I know people are afraid that you know Dan Campbell, if he loses Aaron Glenn or he loses Ben Johnson or any of these guys. But the way I look at it, dude, Dan Campbell has this. He kind of has this identity of what he wants from his franchise. Yeah, and there's a couple guys like uh, I know we're going to be going into like we're kind of we're kind of talking about coaching and everything right now. So I'll just kind of dive into it a little bit. Um, there are definitely a couple really key guys that I see for this offense. And there's a couple guys that I really see as, um, you know, potential um, suitors for, um, you know, bigger roles. Uh, we talked about the, we talked about that a little bit on the last couple of pods, uh, Tanner Engstrom. Um, he is in a great position to take over uh, OC. And I think with him going to passing game coordinator and really learning a lot this year, um, I think that Ben Johnson, the way, the kind of guy he is, and Dan Campbell, they're really going to do their best to like, um, you know, like elevate him and um, groom him. I don't know if you can say that anymore. It's like a cancelable word, but, um, <laughs> but you know, groom him, groom Screw him it. in the position. Screw it. We, we this is our podcast. We can do it. Fuck, we want. <laughs> but, but like, uh, and then another guy, I saw that if we did leave, or if uh, Aaron Glenn were to leave, because he has a second interview with both the Colts and the Cardinals, um, and coaching uh, pick pickings are getting slim. Um, now that a couple of the, uh, you know, the top guys are kind of flying off the board, Ben Johnson withdrew, D'Amico Ryans has a, a head coaching position. Um, so, um, you know, there's a couple guys moving Frank Reich went to Carolina. So one name I keep saying that the uh, saints decided to part way with was Chris Richard, uh, Chris, Chris Richard, Richard, Richard. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Um, dude, the, uh, defensive, I always say that I always say his name wrong because it's spelled just like Richard. Um, the dude from, uh, yeah, that's where you got, that's where you gotta have the, you gotta have the hockey and yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but but this guy is, he's a good guy's a beast, man. He, um, you know, he's really held up, um, new Orleans defense in the time that he's been there, even though their talent hasn't been the greatest. Um, he's familiar with some players on our staff and the coaches, some coaches on our staff. 
um, working with, you know, Dan Campbell, working with, you know, Alex Anzalone um, and uh, Aaron Glenn. Um, so, you know, definitely something to look at there. And then, um, you know, and that also kind of opens up the, the, uh, the talk to potential, you know, trades. I know there's a lot of Lions fans that want a trade with either, you know, Marshawn Lattimore or, um, you know, Demario Davis. Uh, also, um, you know, I've heard some rumors that they, you know, would love to get guys like that, which obviously who wouldn't, but right. you know, I, I, uh, I don't mind that at all. So you know, it's, um, it's, I it's, think it's, it's funny that it's funny though. Chris Richard, I, I know I cut you off for a minute, but I got to get this no, out. No, you're good. I got to get this out. It's funny Chris Richard gets the uh, X when the head coach, uh, Dennis Allen. Dennis is Allen is an idiot, dude. So he's the one that's calling the defensive plays. Right. No, and, and Richard, man, like I said, he, he's sharp. And the, the thing that my main point, you know, which I'm finally confident in is that, you know, if Dan Campbell, and, and obviously this is to remain to be seen because he's had the same staff, obviously, two years, you know, I mean, that's not a very long time. But. What this shows me with them making these new hires where everyone thinks they're, you know, I don't think anyone's raised any eyebrows about any of these hires is that, you know what, if these guys leave, we have a backup plan and we have guys that we can go out and get and we have an identity and we have a culture. And um, that just goes to show that, you know what, we might be looking, you know, another another eight to ten years, we might be, uh, you know, looking at saying, oh, man, how about that? Uh, how about that Dan Campbell coaching tree? You know, I think we're I think we're gonna get into a position where, you know, we can help elevate these coaches to the next level. And I think that they have a very good eye for um finding the right guys to come in and replace them. And Detroit for once, man, in a really, really long time, um, is looking like a very favorable place to be for coaches and players, and that's amazing to hear. Yeah, you know, and Deuce Staley left and we know why he left, because uh his mom is sick and everything, but you know, cr- kudos to deuce and hopefully everything is all right but you know i don't i don't, I don't really fear the lions losing coaches like i don't i think that dan campbell has this thing worked out where like he's not afraid to make tough decisions he shoot he showed that with the anthony lynn firing he showed that with the um sticking by aaron glenn and he showed that with the Arby pleasant firing and every time he's done that you know he has no one to pull the plug it's worked out for him and the secondary got better in the second half of the year so yeah, I think well, when I think about it too, look at how look at how closely him and Brad Holmes work together. I think that's, that's key. The key. Most people, it's like it's the latter of like, oh, this is the GM, and then I I am your boss, you are the coach, and then right. you are the boss of the players. It's no, it's like more of a collective, like they're all right. in it together. They're a team. Like Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell, man, they work together on a lot of things, and I feel like that's a good model, but you don't see it a lot, and we you might start to see that shifting. I mean, how many freaking places do you co hire your GM and your uh, and your head coach, and like usually your GM picks your coach. They right. did not do it this way this time, and it's actually looking like a brilliant. Yeah, well, that's a credit to uh, you know Chris Spielman, who was in on the search process and everything. It, like they have good leadership at the top, so that's where it comes from. You know, when the Red Wings were winning titles, it was because the leadership came from the top, from Mister Illich. When the Pistons were winning the titles, you know, it was Mister Davidson that was really spearheading that effort. And you can see that Sheila's doing the same thing. So there should be no problem with it. And I just, I just want to hit on something you said real quickly. You said, you know, maybe you go get Chris Richard. I don't even think they need to go get Chris Richard. I think that their next defensive coordinator is already on the staff. And I think he's going to be a hell of a coordinator. I think he's going to be a fuck beast, dude. Calvin Shepard? Calvin Shepard. Yeah, I like Calvin Shepard a lot, man. I think Calvin Shepard. 
what he did with that linebacking court is, you know, people could talk about, you know, the linebackers and how, you know, not talented they were, which we will get to. I'm going to fix that when we go to the top free agents. I'm going to fix that. But, you know, Calvin Shepard, what he did with that linebacker group that was really young and, you know, there was the, the talent wasn't the best. He did a really good job with that, and I was really impressed with the way that he ran that linebacker unit. And he was very – you see it on hard knocks. He was very, like, uh, demonstrative towards his, his players. Like, you know, you, you got to play hard, dude. Like, he, he was getting pissed at the veterans, and that's that's something you like to see because he's holding people accountable, and that's one of the biggest things in sports. Yeah, 100%. And I think for once we actually um... – you know, we're shedding those labels of the SOL and we're shedding those Ford family curse labels because, dude, whether you like it or not and whether you want to be a stick-in-the-mud asshole about it or not, um, you've got to give your flowers to Sheila right now. She's actually doing a very good job as, uh, you know, these last couple years with ownership, and um, I think it's refreshing. I think she's nothing like either of her parents, and she actually cares about this team, and I think that, you know, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes footage and a lot of like, interviews and a lot of things that show that, you know, she's involved and likes to know and learn and understand, but she's not stepping on anyone's toes and telling them, you know, you have to do this, you have to do that. She's not being a Jerry Jones. I think I think she's a very good owner, and I uh, I, I appreciate um, the fact that she's coming in here and she cares and she wants to learn, but she's also – she knows her role, and she's taking a, a step back when she needs to. Yeah, I, to- I, totally agree. I totally agree with that. But in the next segment, we're going to be talking about a certain trade for a corner that people – They've been hitting us up about asking if we we would trade for him. So, Tyler, sit tight. We are going to talk about the trade that people want to go down. And I don't know if you have the same opinion I have, but we're going to get to that in the next segment. So, that's going to be an interesting conversation between the both of us. Welcome back to the Detroit Lions News Podcast. Here's the thing. We kept getting messages on the Detroit Lions News Facebook and the Instagram. Like, there's one person that said, would, they, would you be open to the Lions trading for Jalen Ramsey? And I thought about it, like, hell yeah, because he's, he's a great player. He's great talent. Um, I don't know how what happened in Jacksonville where he wanted to get shipped out or what, whatever. But uh, would I trade for Jalen Ramsey right now? I wouldn't. Okay. See, and I and I and I would, and I will. Uh, I I I think we both have some interesting takes on this. I'll let you uh, let you go first and see what we got to say, and then you know maybe we maybe we can change each other's minds a little bit, or maybe we just uh, maybe we just butt heads. Well, no no worries either way. So what? Why uh, would we, you we, not trade for Ramsey? We, we butted heads before with your your hatred for number sixteen. So we ain't. Gonna yeah, well, he's fine that. now. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. You, you came to, you came to the dark side. You came to the dark side. Here's why I wouldn't trade for Jalen Ramsey. I'm going to be totally honest with you. If Brett Holmes came and he traded for Jalen Ramsey, uh, my first reaction would be like, "Hell yeah, that's a great, that's a great trade." Like you're going to get a, you're going to get a guy who's like a total stud at the corner position, and he's going to infinitely help your secondary, no doubt about it. Just straight up help you out. I don't, I don't say I don't want him. I say it's going to be hard to get him, and I mean this in this way. Um, there's cap parameters that are going to keep him in L.A. till after the draft. So if you're trading for Jalen Ramsey, you're going to have to do it after June 1st because that's when the salary cap kind of uh, minimizes. So 
I was looking at it and um, I'm trying to pull pull it up right now, but uh, like the cap parameters, that's the main reason why I wanted, um, you know, get into it. So if you were to pre six one release or trade him, hit the twenty three, they would have a thirty two million dollar cap hit for the Rams. I don't think they're going to take that on. Obviously, that's a lot of freaking money. And they would be six. Right. It would it'd be six point nine million dollars in a negative for cap savings for the Rams. If they were to do it after June June first, it'd be eight point two dead cap. It would be eleven point four dead cap in twenty twenty four, but their cap savings would be seventeen million dollars this year. So obviously, you're not going to get him before the draft and at the draft. You would probably get him in like June or July or August. That's my that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Unless the Rams just say, screw it, we're freaking rebuilding this, this shit. But I don't think they're going to do that because, I mean, you got Aaron Donald come back. You got Sean McVay come back. I think they're going to run this this trick around one more time. And I see that. And um, I guess the reason and, – and I can agree. I don't want to get too rich in the compensation that you're going to be getting giving up to get him. Yeah. Um, am I prepared right – the way the team's going right now, um, I'm right on the fence about maybe that 18th pick for Ramsey, but I, I want to lean more towards no because there's a lot of really good prospects I like at 18. Uh, like Christian Gonzalez, corner out of uh, Oregon, is my favorite. Um, you see some uh, mocks that have Joey Porter Jr. and Devon Witherspoon still available. Um, so I, I guess uh, obviously hindsight's 2020, but um, with some of those guys being uh, hypothetically available, you know, I lean more towards no. Um, it just all depends, like you said, on where the Rams are, um, what maybe they do in the draft, what moves they might make, and what they do in free agency. Um, yeah, if they that, can, if you know, if they can get cheaper in a few areas, and say we're able to get rid of, you know, we're able to trade, um, you know, say uh, like a next year's, you know, um, a next year's second and a third, and maybe the following year's second and a third. Um, I mean, that's that's being super generous. I mean, Jalen Ramsey's still a top five, top ten corner, but I have seen great players go for very cheap. I mean, we saw Randy Moss get dealt for a fourth rounder. Uh, we've seen um, – but, you know, the, the, the trade market on the corners tend to be more rich. I mean, uh, I believe the Colts gave up uh, – was it two first-round picks for Gilmore or one? Um, but was, regardless, regardless of first-round pick, um, and and uh, Jalen Ramsey is in a much more favorable position at t- this point in his career than I believe Gilmore um, was at the time. Yeah, you know he was uh, uh, you know on the other side of uh, thirty. I think he was thirty two when he got traded for that first round pick. Um, but regardless, um, like I said, if it's not too sweet for our blood, I, I absolutely love it. I think a lot of people arguing that he's not a good culture fit or that he's a diva or he's a bad locker room guy. I don't I don't buy any of that. Um, I think the guy loves to play football. Uh, I think he is a competitor. I think he doesn't take anybody's shit. And I think with the right coaching staff around uh, and the right influences around, that energy can be really good for us. Um, That's one of those things that either blow up in your face or they do really well for you. But I tend to think I I believe in this coaching staff so much. I'm thinking anybody they bring in here, we can we can make it right. See, here's the thing. Like if they if Brad Holmes tomorrow said, I'm going to trade for Jalen Ramsey and I'm going to give up the 18th pick. I'm going to trust Brad Holmes because he was in the right. he was in the room when they, they traded for Jalen Ramsey. He knows who Jalen Ramsey is. Him and Ray Agnew, they both know who Jalen Ramsey is. I don't really have a problem if they traded for Jalen Ramsey. I don't think he's a culture fit either. Like, I, I really don't. I think 
I think people are they're saying like, oh, is he a culture fit? I don't think he is because I think he's a more of a big market guy. I think if you're if you were in New York or you're in Chicago or you're you know in L.A. or San Francisco or Miami, I think you think about it. But you know, I don't think he wants to come to a smaller market. That's just my opinion because I I really do think that he facilitated the trade to L.A. I think he likes it in L.A. and I think he's that kind of guy. Um, but like, if the Lions traded for him, I'd obviously back Brett Holmes and what his decision was because he obviously knows who uh, Jalen Ramsey is. But at the same time, like I, I keep hearing people say we're going to trade the 18th pick, they're not trading Jalen Ramsey until after June 1st. That's that's right. the minimum. So if we wouldn't give up an 18th overall pick, maybe you give up a first round next year, and maybe they work it into our like you give them a first and second next year, and then a third in 2024. 2025 i think it would be but anyways i really don't think that jalen ramsey would be a great culture fit um i think he's a great player there's no doubt about it but like like i said if brad holmes came came in in july and said we made a trade for jalen ramsey blah 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 i i would understand it and i would respect it because he knows more about jalen ramsey than any of us do yeah i just that's the thing is we keep we keep talking, obviously, we keep talking draft, we keep talking trades, we keep talking offseason. And the funny thing is, is we keep, and we keep saying this too, and I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but how great is it to finally feel like you can trust your GM where, like, dude, this guy literally could draft my grandma in the third round, and this guy could literally sign, you know, David from ABC Warehouse in the fourth round, and I just have complete trust and faith in him. So, like, I – um, sometimes it might be just this errant blind faith, but I think Brad Holmes has done more than enough to earn it. And for once in my life as a fan, I actually have complete confidence that like whatever decisions are made will most likely be a, a right one, or at least the ones he doesn't make right, there won't be a lot of them. Right. So, I mean, right. obviously you're never going to be perfect. You're never going to be a hundred percent, but this is a guy I expect to learn from him, his mistakes. And if he makes a bad one, he's going to say, you know what? That's on me. My bad. We can't all be perfect. I mean, you know, if he continues to hit on over half of his picks, the guy's going to be a fantastic GM for us for, I hope, a long time. He's already admitted his mistakes. I mean, with the Tyrell Williams signing and the Brashad Perryman signing, he's like, okay, you guys got to go. You guys suck ass. But like, the thing I love about him is that he, like, he puts himself into a position where he doesn't – if he's not sure about a guy, like, he's not – gonna put himself on the hook to be screwed for four five six years dude bob quinn loved giving five-year deals dude to anybody who would take one it's like jesus christ bro stop literally fucking (laughs) five years 50 mil to vitae fucking five years 100 100 mil to 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 flowers you know he he's tried re-signing other guys to long-term deals and that's like dude he tried to re uh, I think he got what Jamie Collins for another three or four years, but then that good thing they got out of that somehow. But like, dude, you proceed with caution, and if you really like the guy and you're really sure of it, then go for it. But I also think that Brad Holmes is not going to pull a trigger on a five-year deal unless he knows that he's got his guy. Amon Ra, give him a five-year deal today. I don't give a shit. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's no, great. That's, that's he's true. proved it. No, I mean I think we have. I think it's the first time in a long time that. I think the Lions have the general manager they've that Lions fans feel comfortable with. I think it's the Pistons have confidence in their general manager and Troy Weaver. And I think I wish they would move it along a little, a little mm, faster. That's, but, that's yeah. another story for another day. 
And the and, and the Red Wings, you know, they have full confidence in their GM. I think this is the first time we've had three GMs in this town that were like, okay, all these yeah, guys. We just need to great. figure out. We need to figure out what Scott Harris is about over at the Tigers. But the Tigers right. are, dude. They're uh, not to get on a long tangent there, but that we might be set up for the longest rebuild in Detroit history with those guys, man. Like, holy yeah. shit, they got nothing. They got nothing. It's like it, the only hope you got is if like. Uh, Riley Green or Spencer Torkelson turns into a freaking stud. That's only hope. Like, that's only Al hope Avila might be like he's got to be worse than Bob Quinn. I, it, I don't. I think it's El. Yeah, El Vila and Bob Quinn are two of the worst general managers in this town by far. <laughs> I know people. I, we're getting way off topic, but I know people don't like Joe Dumars, but he won a championship, and I know people didn't like Ken Holland at the end, but he won a he won cups. So I don't. Even, right. Those right. don't count. The two guys that we had that we just fired in the last like what two years with Vila and Bob Quinn, probably the most mindless, dumbless idiots that we've ever employed in the city. Well, and, and that and that goes to show though, like it is there is a tide changing in Detroit sports. So like it is you know it still has its room for talking. It still has a good topic because you know it, it the tide is changing for the city of Detroit. There it's changing for the um, you know when when you see one sports team in your city and they're making positive moves and they're trying to do the right thing and they're hiring the right people. Well, dude, you want to do that in your other sports too. You know, yeah. you want to, you want to do that. You know, your, your owners of the basketball team say, well, shit, I want to do that. Then the owners of the football team say, well, well, yeah, I want to be thought of like that. So, you know, it breeds positivity and it breeds, it breeds competition. All these guys, yeah, competition. so that's what it comes down to. And the funny, you don't part- want to be the only stinky shitty team in the city. No, it's, no, especially if you're the general manager and you're looking at all these other guys having success. You know what the barometer if for the Lions is if they did get Jalen Ramsey, you know what that would prove to me? That they're a destination that people want to come here. Yeah, and I know we, we hear I know we hear people want to come here and play here or whatever. But if Jalen Ramsey said, Yeah, I'll go to Detroit, like that tells you a lot because you know, there's there's been players in the NHL and NBA and NFL where they've turned down trades because they don't want to go to that that organization or something, or they they would raise a stink and try to get traded again. Well, dude, I, how many people not to like name drop too many organizations and be like that, but like how many people, dude? The Jaguars made it to an AFC championship in like 2016, and within three years after making an AFC championship, they had a number one overall pick. Three years later. They un- they unraveled quick. That was, that was how the hell do you unreal. go from an AFC? How do you go from one game away from the Super Bowl to three years later you're drafting number one overall? That's a colossal meltdown. And uh, so many people wanted out. AJ Boyer forced himself out. Jalen Ramsey wanted out. Um, uh, Miles Jack or yeah, Clayus Campbell. Uh, you know Clayus Campbell, dude. These guys, dude. They were like, I'm you know I'm done. Allen Robinson. Um, Oh yeah, you know it, it, it was it was a total shit show. Guys, and that's that's Leonard Fournette. I mean, they all said, "Screw this, I want out." That's something that you kind of like. It's that's something you want to avoid. Like you want to use the uh, the Jaguars and their mistakes as like a, a precedent. Like, like there, these these things can happen if you play your cards the wrong way. And maybe it was the wrong locker room combinations, and it just it just totally went sour. But man, they had like dude, the Shad Shad Khan and like Tom Coughlin were like like the top of the chain. It's like, no, sir, it was not. I think the Jags out. are on the right course though, so that's. Oh yeah, not, now they're getting they're getting somewhere. They're gonna yeah, be so right, but... I think the Lions are gonna be. I think the Lions, uh, the way that they're 
building this culture, I think that they're going to be freaking great uh, coming up. Look, and- look at, looking at them against their peers, I think they're more than on pace. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, they were a half a game behind the Giants, um, and the Giants had a lot more defensive talent. Um, and so, you know, they were, what, a game better than the Jets? Yeah. Um, you know, a game – you know, similar. Um, you know, like I said, a lot of their their peers and the guys that they were comparing I, I, him against, we were I doing just, just fine. I don't even look compare him to those guys because, like, I think they're on different levels right now. But I look at like the way that Brad Holmes came to this organization, and like the way he, the way him and Dan, like reshaped this thing really quick. Like, I think that just shows you everything about this this team, and I think it shows you everything about Brad Holmes and the way he drafts and Dan Campbell, the way they coach. I just think it's a great it's a great opportunity, and if they did trade for Jalen Ramsey, okay, I'm all for it. But I just don't think they'll. I don't think it's a fit for the Lions. And uh, when we get to my next se- our next segment, which is the top five free agents, I got two free agents that are going to be total. They're going to be total fits for the Lions. Total fits. Total. Yeah, fits. I am. So we're, I, gonna get, um... we're 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 going to get to that next. But you got anything left to say? Um. For this now, man, uh, for this segment here, um, like I said, I uh, I would like Ramsey here, but only if the price is right, and that's what I'm going to leave it on. So um, if Brad Holmes can work his magic and get it for the right price, I'm all for it. If it gets a little too expensive, then uh, we might have to uh, we might have to go thrift shopping and free agency. I don't think you have to go free agents. I don't think you have to go thrift shopping. I think you're going to get some good free agents, and I'm going to tell you who next. So stay tuned for that. All right, Tyler. So, um, I'm ready for this segment to be stolen by a, a certain media organization. So, we're just gonna get into it. <laughs> what a bunch of freaking bozos! Yeah, we'll see it on some on Twitter. Or yeah, the bon, the bonk show, the total bonk uh, show that they got over there. It'll be something that they completely made up, and it was super original. And uh, you know, as much as uh, you know, as much as we try to stay respectful and tactful over here. There's, it just seems so uh, convenient and uh, so coincidental that, you know, every time we do a bigger pod and uh, and it gets a decent amount of listens and downloads, they seem to have the same ideas about a day or two later. It's just it's, odd. Oh, it, the next day it'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, I heard. We want TJ Edwards, man. I, uh, there's I thought, a guy no one's talked about. Yeah, TJ oh. Edwards. And then we talked about Kelvin Shepard as the defensive coordinator of Aaron Glenn left a couple episodes ago. And they just came out. We we I think we're we're given too much, but they came out with the same thing today. So obviously they they they're thinking the same thing, or they're just stealing our ideas. But it doesn't matter because listen, when you get as many downloads as we have, who gives a shit? They're listening, so I don't care. And if you're li- and if you're one of those people that are listening, welcome. You now know. Thanks who for being. A, thanks for being a fan. As, you know, as one as one know, person from that network told me one time, thanks for being a fan. Thanks for being a fan. So. Speaking of being a fan, um, I have two on the top of my f- my top five of fr- free agent targets for the Lions. Mm-hmm. I have two that will be just straight fits for the Lions right now. And they're Dan Campbell-type players. And if Aaron Glenn's here, he's going to be all for it because when he was in New Orleans, they did the same exact thing with a certain linebacker, Demario Davis. And – he was a little bit aging. Uh, he was not, he was he was not aging, but he was you know 
there's this misnomer out there where you have a linebacker that's going he's turning 28 or 29 or 30 people love to like say like he's on the wrong side of his career but no one mentions the fact that two of the top three um guys that are at the linebacker position per pro football focus and listen i don't like pro football focus but they actually do some good stuff about the linebackers and corners and wide receivers and, and stuff like that. But two of them were over 30. So just keep well, that in and mind. And I know the, and I, I know the two and I, and if you're going to say that you want one of them, I won't spoil it, but I know the two. Well, one's Bobby Wagner and he's not going yeah, anywhere. And, and LD is the other. And then the other one is my number one guy to get. Levante David. Yes, sir. And here's why I want, here, you know, people talk about Levante David, he doesn't have the speed that he once had. I'm not even worried about the speed. Like, the play recognition, like, you can get, the speed can go, but if you still have the recognition for the plays that you're, 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 you're analyzing, you know, Bobby Wagner does it best. He doesn't have the same speed he had, what he once had, and he's still a great linebacker with the LA Rams. He was number one linebacker in pro football, per pro football focus. So, I don't look at speed like obviously you would love to have a linebacker that has total speed, but you could have a linebacker that has total speed and he's a total bum like Devin Bush. And I've seen someone saying that they want Devin Bush. I'm like, bro, this isn't the same guy that played at Michigan. Like if he didn't make with the Steelers, like the Steelers are one of the line, they need middle linebackers right now. And Devin- look, the, the, the average value on them, the market value is three mil. If we kick the tires on a, low like a one-year deal and he was asked for the first six weeks and we let him go whatever i don't hate kicking the tires on him but i mean i'm i I don't want to certainly sign him to no you know two three four five million dollars or uh two three four year deal yeah i mean if they kick if they kick the tires on him on a on a real cheap deal maybe they got him in here for one year two and a half mil sure i don't care but you know don't expect exactly don't expect the guy that was uh you know, a first round pick just a few years ago coming out of Michigan because he ain't that anymore. And, you know, the Buccaneers, they can't re sign Devin uh, Levante David because they got Devin White. They're going to have to re sign him, but they have, they're in major cap hell right now. So they have to, they have to get, shed some payroll. And, and Levante David is obviously going to be one of those guys that they can't keep because of the cap. And that happens when you're a good team. And when you win a Super Bowl, you're more willing to be like, okay, we can move on. Yeah, I know he's 33 years old, but last year he was just absolutely a, f- a beast still. Um, he was just – he was he started in all 17 games. I don't know how many players can say that they started in all 17 games. I don't care what your age is. Like, he started in 17 games. Tackles, right. he, had a, he had 124. He had 10 tackles for a loss. He had three QB hits. Like, the guy was really good, and he's two years of, removed from an all-pro position, you know, all-pro second team. So – that's the guy I would go get, and it's similar to what New Orleans did when they got Demario Davis. Was they got Demario Davis, they built their core around you know him. You get you could take Levante David into the Allen Park facility right now, give him a two year contract, ten million each, and just let it ride and say, listen, you're a team captain, you're a team leader in the defense, and whatever you say goes. And these linebackers in the room that are younger than you, they're gonna totally respect your body of work. And I think that if you're a, you're a pro. If you're a player, whenever there's one of these guys comes in that's really freaking good at his position, like it doesn't matter what you think of LeBron James. When he comes into a position where like he's new to a team, these players like freaking love playing for this guy because he's he's one of the best in the game. You know, the same the same thing with Tom Brady. When Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay, 
he instantly took over that room because he's he's a polarizing leader, true leader, and that's what he does. Well, look, there and and there's reasons, and I love Levante David as a player too. Uh, you need veterans in your linebacker room, and he's a damn good player. And I still think you can get really top-tier production at least for the next two to three seasons. Um, I mean, linebackers do generally, honestly, if you look at the really good ones, they don't start to slow down till like 35, 36 if you're a really good one because usually they find a way to stay relevant by kind of mixing up their role. I mean, there's some linebackers that certainly slow down plenty of time before then, but the really good ones – um, it seems like they find a way to stay relevant at 33, 34, 35. Um, and so I think you can still get about two years, you know, uh, of really solid production from him. And um, that kind of pairs up with another one of my favorites. And I know uh, kind of one of your favorites as well is uh, Jamel Dean um, from the Bucks. And uh, the reason I say this stuff, man, is you guys got to think about the, the business um, side of things. So, um, so I'm just, uh, full, I know full, that full disclosure, I, I'm going to cut you off for a minute. That's my second one. So you can go yeah. roll into it. Yeah, no, he's a he's a beast, man. I love Jamel Dean. Um, the the thing I want uh, to bring up and talk about is that um, if you look at the projected cap space for next year, right, and you take a look at everything, um, you got the like the bottom three teams are the Jags at negative thirty two million, the Bucks at negative fifty five million, and the Saints at negative fifty seven million. I mean, you're gonna have to. I know, like, salary cap can sign, kind of seem like a myth at times. Um, and that, uh, and this is after the uh, 16 mil cap increase, by the way. Um, so you can kind of get creative as much as you want. Um, but uh, I still think a couple, a few of those teams are going to have to to let some players go. And uh, actually have to um, kind of find a way to, to cut out some of this money. And just being so um, convenient that the Bucks have, uh, like I said, $55 million over the cap right now, they could easily go out um, and get a guy like Jamel Dean or Levante David. And then also yeah. that's really good because we have a lot of connections with the saints. So if we want, you know, if we wanted to reach out and maybe, maybe the price gets cheaper on a guy like Marshawn Lattimore because he makes, you know, the money that he does. Yep. Um, or maybe you get, you know, uh, a guy, on, um, you know, that we're able to kind of steal from them, you know, Demario Davis, uh, Marcus Davenport. Uh, I mean, somebody that, you know, could help us out. Um, you know, you have a lot of leverage in this situation because it's like, Hey, look, you just, uh, they just traded their ex head coach for a first round pick. And so, um, you know, you might be staring at a, a time where they're so far ahead of the cap and they got some guys that need to resign maybe the Saints are kind of staring down at a kind of a long-term rebuild right now. Um, and so, like I said, Bucks and Saints, two teams to definitely um, look at moving forward in this. And um, yeah, that's why, that's why Jamel Dean and Levante David um, are very much in play. And um, those are two of my top three wants in free agency as well. So I completely agree with you. I'm on the same page as you there. And um, I am really excited that we might, you know, make a splash or make some moves. I'm, excited to see what this third year under brad holmes looks like yeah so here's the thing so um Devante david um he's one of the best cover uh, linebackers in the game and that's the reason i want him um his cover his his cover catch percentage was 79.4 he was really good at that and uh you can get him right now for 9.7 but here's what i would do i can say here here's 10 million here's two years come here show these young kids how to how to ball how to play to play the game 
and we're gonna rock this, this, this stuff. And obviously, you want to be a part of something special. Let's let's go win some stuff. You know, uh, what, what does it look like when when Rodrigo and James Houston learn from a guy like uh, Levante David? I mean, yeah, well, you might even, see those guys turn into different kind of players. Even Derek Barnes and 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 the guy you draft, maybe maybe you draft a Trenton Simpson or a Jack Campbell or you know someone like that. Like where you're you're getting a guy who you know he's going to be really good and he's going to learn from a guy who is one of the all time greats. And that's Definitely. why I would do it. And obviously Levante David, the re- the reason people don't like him is because of his age and all that stuff. But I, I don't really care about the age. He's, he's obviously shown he's not, he's not slowing down and, and all these linebackers, they've shown that they're not slowing down at, even at an older age. And so listen, Levante David is going to be a great player. I like that you mentioned Jam- Jamel Dean. Cause like Jamel Dean, to me, he's a Dan Campbell type player. He plays through injuries. He's tough. He's gritty. Um, he has got had an injury history that's not that great, but I love Jamel Dean. I think that he would be a perfect fit for the secondary because, like, if you're if you're Dre Bly, one of the things that you know Dre Bly I think is gonna appreciate is a guy that goes out there and gives his freaking all. He's gritty, and he's gonna tough it out when he's he's dealing with an injury. And that's that's something that you can't really teach. And there's a lot of cornerbacks in this in this in this free agency that they don't have the same grit to them that Jamel Dean has. And I think, I mean, you can go out and you can sign a guy like Bradley Roby. Do you want a Bradley Roby? Probably not. You know, do you want a James? Well, it just kind of reminds me like, do we want to go out and get another guy like when we got Desmond Trufant a couple of years ago? Like Bob Quinn, man, another master masterful signing. You know, do you want to go out and get a a corner on the wrong side of thirty who? Um, you know, relies so much on their speed and athleticism. I mean, we we gave Desmond Trufant decent money, and that turned horrible fast. I mean, even a guy that I think that the Lions are going to try to go get is uh, David Long from L.A. I think that's going to be a guy that they they try to go get. Um, but you know, you go get a guy like you you go get a guy like Jamel Dean or or, or uh, you know Sean Bunting. He's also from Tampa Bates. He's from Detroit too. Yeah, and Sean Bunting, his his uh, market value is total crap right now because you know he had a, kind of a bad year. Yeah. Um, and, and but and he, those are the kind of guys where like that's dude, that sounds like Detroit, right? It sounds like Brad Holmes. Hey, low risk, high reward. Deal. Come here, come here, play, prove your play, play with play with some good players, and let's see where we are at. I mean, the the good thing about them is they're both young players. Like uh, Sean is twenty five, and. Jamal Dean is 26, and I mean, even if you want to take the risk of signing a guy like, um, I mean, maybe Brad Holmes goes, okay, you know, maybe I'll go get a guy like uh, James, maybe I'll take a run at James Bradbury or Cameron Sutton, who's 27. I mean, I don't really think he's going to go that route. I think he's going to go the younger route with Sean or or, or, or uh, Jamal. Yeah, I mean, and exactly, and it opens up because when we know we have, like, look, we talk about it a lot. You can't get less talented than what you had last year at the defensive level because right. we're not losing. We're not losing anybody. I mean, we're losing shitty Amani Arwarie, and like hopefully Will Harris breaks all his toes and can't play. Um, but but uh, uh, look, I, I and I say that jokingly. I don't mind Will Harris as like a fourth or fifth option. I don't want him as my second starting corner, please. Um, but if you go out and, and you take the same team, you're basically running it back on the defense, right? And you're and you're getting Tracy Walker back. And um, I mean, we might, you know, you might lose um, like Deshaun Elliott, but that's about the only one I'm kind of thinking, um, just because the the price might not match. Um, but regardless, 
we did great job the last eight to 10 weeks of the, uh, on our defensive side of the ball last year. So if you take these same guys, you add a few young studs in the draft, which we know Brad Holmes is going to do, and you add a, a really good free agent or a, or a really decent one, and you're like, okay, that's fine. Then yeah, dude, you have the flexibility in the room to take a chance on some of these flyers. You know, just to, you know, not that I necessarily want these guys, but Sean Murphy Bunting, Devin Bush, um, you know, just these guys that are really you know low low risk, high reward. Where if, if they don't work out, we already know from Brad Holmes's previous um, transactions and his previous encounters with these kind of guys is that if he realizes it's not working, he realizes it quicker than he does later, and he does not let his ego hang on to his signings. Bob Quinn would have signed one of those guys to a four-year, five-year deal, and even if they sucked ass, he would have kept them on the team because he's not going to let his pride get hurt. And that's one thing I love about Brad Holmes. He puts his pride aside. He puts his ego aside. And look, dude. I'm going to sign you because you're a low risk, high reward signing. If you don't work out and within the first six weeks of the season, you like, you look like a lost sack of shit. We don't need you. Goodbye. And that's what I'm all about, you know, because that's what those signings are meant for. And if they work out and they, and they, and they boom and they have a great season, or at least they're a really good depth player or they have a place or a role on this team, then everybody's looking at Brad Holmes, the genius once again. So he is in a great position right now. No, I totally agree with you. And one of the things that I'm going to say next is um, I know people want Javon Hargrave. I know they want Deron Payne. Um, I don't know. Deron Payne, I would give up every gift I ever would get for Christmas from now until the rest of my whole life, dude. And just once. I don't want Deron Payne, though. I don't want Deron Payne. He's a beast, man. You're tripping. I I don't want Deron Payne at all. He's a beast. I know he's a beast, but he's gonna cost so much freaking money, and it's like it's like stupid. Like I'm like, you know what? Here's what I would do: I'd go get David Animata, the, the defensive tackle from uh, New Orleans, give him a shot, and you know what? He's he knows he knows Aaron Glenn, so you can get you can get David Animata for, I think it's cheap as hell. Like I think it's like eight point seven million. Compared- David, I'm your mama. Yeah. <laughs> No, but he's 30- well, dude. I know, I know, Jahar, I know Hargrave and Payne. They're like, they're like, their market value is like in north of twenty million. Yeah. Um, but man, I dude, Duran being twenty five and being exactly what we need. I mean, what a Christmas wish list item that would be if reason- we didn't have to like break the bank to get him. You know, the reason I go with Duran, I mean, David Animata, he had the same amount of tackles as Fletcher. He had the same amount of tackles as Fletcher Cox and um, Duran Payne. Well, not Deron Payne at sixty four, but you know what I'm saying. But um, he, you know, he was one of the New Orleans Saints' best pl- defensive players next to Cameron Jordan and Demario Davis, and he's cheap, so you can get him if you got him, Levante David, and Jamel Dean. Wouldn't that be a freaking great haul for free? Agency? Yeah, and and it would, and you know, I'm not definitely not disagreeing there. I I kind of like. Not to get too much into because I know we're going to get into some episodes in this offseason that really break down draft prospects and really break down the draft. But um, I kind of prefer to take the route of like um, drafting corners that we need. But as far as interior defensive linemen, kind of want to lean more towards free agency because I don't know if I necessarily trust the, the, the interior defensive linemen this year. Um, especially the ones that they have being mocked to us, like, uh, you know, like Brian Breezy um, and some of those guys, like, 
I don't know where I fall on that. So like no, I, I, I would I would like going with like an Aminata or like someone that I know can like come in and instantly have good production. The only way I would be okay with them drafting a defensive lineman, especially in the first round, is if Jalen Carter fell to them. That's the only way. Right. Because that's that's just I I feel like defensive linemen have a, a pretty swift learning curve and it, it takes some time. It, I mean, we've seen with Lee McNeil, like kids athletic as hell, but he you know it's gonna it's gonna be a struggle for him um, to get like to get back up to the stuff. And we finally started to see the Lee McNeil that we thought we would see, and we still don't know what Levi Anzarike is. I mean, hopefully he can come and play and maybe. Well, the, the reason I say this too is what I keep talking about like these offseason moves is. What and I always say addition by subtraction, and kind of what you want to see from that, um, is the fact that you want your depth guys to become better and your worst guys to you know get pushed out the door. If Levi's rookie was healthy, and all of a sudden that means we you know we can get rid of um, you know Benito Jones and Austin Bryant and replace those guys with with new new players, whether it be free agents or rookies. Um, that's good, you know, because you're elevating your team as a whole and the guys that were depth pieces for you got replaced by better depth pieces, right? And so um, that's what you want to see. And that's how you keep a team whole. And that's how you keep a team progressing um, is when, you know, you, these guys that, you know, we got fresh blood coming in every year, but all of a sudden now our depth is getting beefed up to where, oh, damn, you know, that guy's our uh, – our backup DT or our backup end or our backup linebacker, he's pretty damn good. We we like him when he's out there. Now that's how you sharpen iron with iron, and that's how you get better as a team. So I hope yeah. Levi, Levi does come back, and he replaces one of those other guys that we don't love. Yeah, and I think that, that that'd be a great, you know, signing. And I think that um, I just think David Onimeta would be great, especially since he knows Aaron Glenn, and that that'll be a great, you know, chemistry piece and everything. And he's a he's a team leader too, so that's exactly what you're looking for. So the fourth and fifth guy that I would go get, obviously I need to go get a backup quarterback. I mean, unless you're a Nate Sudfeld fan, I mean, go go ahead. Love that guy. Uh, you know, he, he's he's a. I love the visor he wears. That's that's pretty rad. But besides that, like, besides that, like it's it's not like you don't have faith that Sudfeld's going to come into a game and like steal you a game. You know what I'm saying? Like you just don't see it. So for me, I I would have I would go for a backup quarterback, and if I'm being totally honest with you, I know people want to draft a quarterback, and that's cool, but like, you're not gonna draft a quarterback in the first round. And let him sit. That's gonna be stupid because you're not. It just what are you what are you doing? Like I know there's people out there, and there's a certain media comp media people out there that are uh, saying let's draft a quarterback and like stash him. It's like okay, what what the what the hell does that do for you next year? Like it doesn't. Exactly. So if I'm if I'm gonna go in if I'm gonna go in and get a, a backup quarterback to um Jared Goff, there's three names that I have. And you tell me which name you would prefer, Tyler. I got okay. I got Teddy Bridgewater, I have okay. Sam Darnold, and I have uh Mike White. I mean I'd prefer Mike White. See, I, um, I'm kind of I'm kind of in the minority. I think that like I kind of like Sam Darnold, dude. Like I really I don't know what's here. See, see the, I guess I, I I and the reason I can probably see where you're coming from too is because I don't want there to be any sort of like 
fan favorite controversy where we're like trying to get the backup to start, right? No, it, it, like you know, everyone you know, wants Mike White to start, and it, it would be funny because, like, I, I heard Rico on a nice I won't take it. He was like, "Dude, if they drafted the quarterback the first time Jared Goff throws a freaking incompletion, they're gonna be calling for the guy who they drafted." And that's totally true because, like, you could totally see it, dude. Like, people they don't they don't think about the little things. They think about like. Oh, this guy just threw an incompletion. Let's get the backup in. It's like, it's like the it's like the backup goal in hockey. Like Osgood for years, no one liked his ass. Like they thought he was just like, why is this guy out here? He's a scrub. And it's like right. the the most popular people in in the town in a sports town are your backup goalies, your backup quarterback, and like your backup bullpen arm. That's it. Mm-hmm. And th- you know, it's not like in ba- it's not in like in basketball where they have a guy that's designated to do something. You know, but like. Backup quarterback, backup goalie. They always get they always get like the the calls into the sports sports radio, and they always say like, "Let's get this guy in." It's like, it, like earlier in the season, I heard someone call into ninety seven to take in that say like, "Let's start Nate Sudfeld." It's like, oh my lord, like what? Yeah, you're, you're tripping at that for sure. So here's the thing. I, my fifth one. This is gonna be this is gonna be off the wall, but I don't care because like I I feel like if we could add to um. If we could add to an already great position, I'm gonna do it. So I got, I got, I got them taking a guard. Okay. I got them, I got them taking a guard, and I have them taking Isaac C. Marlow. He's 29. Uh he's 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 gonna get a hefty pay raise. I mean, if this was someone that the Lions went and signed, I would be totally for it because. He comes from Philly. He's a great. He's a great guard. Obviously, you get rid of Vitai. You can sign this guy in Vitai's spot. He's a. Fu- he's a. This guy is a grinder. He is a total Dan Campbell type guy, and I think he would be great for the Lions as a as a you know starting guard on Penn High Soul side. Okay. Who do you who would you have at fifth? Do you know? I mean, as far as my free agency. Yeah, I mean, I really want. I mean, I really want backers, man. I really want someone, someone on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I mean, I, I'd really like a guy like T.J. Edwards. I mean, I know we talked about it before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really like. I want. I kind of want to like shoot the shot on on someone younger that may be a little more expensive, but is is kind of it has a lot of upside and is proven and and can someone that can kind of anchor a position like i want to find an anchor somewhere um because i feel like it really opens up a lot of your other positions and it allows you to do a lot of things um surrounding and regarding that um so you know you get you're you're able to like anchor down a linebacker position able to anchor down defensive line you're able to anchor down a secondary and i think going on getting somewhere we're very weak at like linebacker or dt and getting like kind of a strong anchor um, I mean, it either it's it's either brilliant or it's not, and and I guess you don't really necessarily want to run the risk of it being not. But I mean, if you can lock a guy down that could be a real player for you, then you know sometimes you got to go for it. Okay, so let me give you let me give you an example. Uh, let me give you a guy that I'll trade with you. I'll take Isaac's uh, the the guard out right. I'll give you two linebackers that I think that would be great signings for the Lions. Aziz El Shahir from San Francisco and Kaiser White from Philly. What do you think about that? Yeah, because uh, I, I like Zier White. I also like, um, 
you know, I also like the dude over from uh, the Texans too. That's uh, you know going to get, I think, next year a free agent. But he was also named as a potential trade target. Um, I like some of those guys, man. I mean, I don't mind. I like, I, like I said, I do like Zero White. Um, he uh, will probably be a, definitely be a cheaper option. Um, but I, w- I want someone that has some upside. The guy who really has some upside to him. I mean, Kaiser White, he's a great linebacker. Freaking phenomenal. 110 tackles this year. Three QB hits. The guy I really like, though, is uh, Aziz Elshi here. I think he got some He got some major upside to him. He's 25. He played in San Francisco. Obviously, that linebacker core is freaking loaded. So, I mean, when you're the odd guy out, maybe you're pretty freaking good, and that's how it goes. Yeah, I mean, they do uh... – have a couple of studs over man. They got Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner. It's hard to, uh, you know, um, it's hard to crack into the. It's hard to, to crack. That, it's, it's, it's hard to crack that lineup when you got those studs in front of you. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, under no, I, I just un, hope. Under no circumstances do I want a freaking running back in free agency, and under no circumstances do I want a freaking wide receiver again in free agency. I mean. I mean, no, I know the only reason you go with one of those positions is if you get them late in the draft with great value, um, and you can kind of like push out another guy, right? Hey, I don't, I don't know. Hey, say Josh Reynolds wants six million. Well, okay. Well, if maybe Ronnie Bell's available in the sixth round, okay. See ya. Um, yeah, I mean, or, or hey, look, we we need a running back. Okay, well, Bijan's there in the second round somehow, some way. The only uh, guy, it won't happen, the, but the only guys I'm interested in is guys that want to take a discount and they want to come to a winner. That's the only guys I want. I know DJ Chark is uh, he's a free agent, and I know that he might come back. But here's the thing, um, this free agent class of wide receiver sucks. So there's no question that maybe someone overpays for DJ Chark. And listen, if someone overpays, Brett Holmes is not gonna not gonna match that. So that'll be interesting. But you know, obviously, you got guys like My- Jacoby Myers and Juju Smith-Schuster. We don't need those guys. So under no circumstances are we going to get offense of uh, playmakers. We're gonna get those in the draft. I just think right. I think it's crazy because I think we're getting um, we're getting good at the right time, and we're in a good position at the right time because all of the great teams are either they're losing their quarterbacks, right? The Packers are probably going to lose Aaron Rodgers. The Bucks are losing Tom Brady. Um, these teams are – these great teams for so long, right? I mean, the Bucks weren't great for very long, but the Bucks, the Saints. Um, we mentioned that, uh, you know, the Jags are a young team and on the up and up, but they're $33 million under the cap. So we are in a great position at this, at this time to be on the up and up because um, – the good teams are, are breaking down and rebuilding and the other teams are trying to figure out how to get out of cap hell. So, um, and then the teams that do have cap space, like the bears with almost a hundred million, sorry, man, but who the hell wants to go to Chicago? I, I mean, mean, they're going to, they're going to overpay for someone and bleacher, ew, report, I mean, bleacher, bleacher report had them getting Javon Hargrave. I think the bears are going to be pretty good quickly. So, but the thing is, look, but the thing is too, they go spend a hundred million. And shit doesn't work out, or they don't get enough talent. Um, you know, no, it's, it's all it's, we're it's, at. It's, you know, it's, it's all about how you spend the money. That's that's. I think sure. we have an an excellent opportunity right now to play our cards right, and I think with the way that everything's shaping and the um the the NFL is kind of um almost in the midst of a rebuild. As weird as that sounds, like a lot of these teams that were good for so long are, are not going to be good anymore, and all these young teams on the up and up, like the tides are going to be shifting. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, dude, when 
when in our lifetime have the Bengals been a like continual Super Bowl perennial like contender? I mean, well, never. When you get when you get a corner, when you get a quarterback like Joe Burrow and Kansas City yeah. has a quarter, you know, the quarterbacks change everything, and that's the next thing I'm, we're going to talk about in the next segment is um, how this team compares to a certain Super Bowl team. I'm interested to get your feedback because I know you hate Jared Goff. You just can't stand this guy. Look, it's it's all it's all value. Listen, I I had I had had, we're we're gonna have to break bread at some point, and we're gonna you're gonna have to say sorry to Jared Goff because you know maybe he comes on the podcast. I can't promise anything, but it's in it's in the works. Look, I think he's a great QB, and I like what he does. Um. I do. I, I've never really necessarily came out and said, oh, I hate him. He sucks. But what I'm worried about is that. I'm totally over-exaggerating shit because I the, just the, start the, shit. The way, the way I'm thinking about it, too, is that it's kind of some of those guys where it's like, look, you play great. You get a big deal. You, <clears throat> excuse me. You show the world that you're this or that, and then you got to deal with two, three years of complete like mediocrity. And I don't want to see that repeated. But I do think the fact that he has confidence and a coaching staff that's confident in him and players around him, he's definitely the guy for us right now and for the short future. Um, and there's a lot, there's a lot worse guys, man. Like, there's a lot worse guys. Oh yeah, for sure. We're gonna get to that in the next segment. Um, I, I'm, I'm gonna compare the Lions to a curtain Super Bowl team, and you're you're gonna have to keep me off the trails because I think uh I think you're not gonna I think you're gonna agree with me but then you're not gonna agree with me because I think you're gonna there's one there's one position you're gonna like be like oh boy I'm, I'm not doing that but we'll get to that in the next segment as we talk about that and that'll be an interesting conversation so follow us along touchdown Detroit Lions they did it all right so on this portion of the podcast we I just I kind of teased it a little bit you need to keep me. You need to talk me off the ledge, kind of a little bit, uh, Tyler, because I'm going to compare the Detroit Lions to a current team that's in the Super Bowl. And before you ask, it's no, it's not the Kansas City Chiefs, because uh, let's be honest, unless you have that cheat code named Patrick Mahomes, um, that's oh, not come happening. On, man, you like to ride my the boy JG, man. Well, he's not Mahomes, dude. Mahomes is a freaking <laughs> freak. He's a freakazoid. It's like uh. I don't, you don't watch hockey, but Connor McDavid is one of the most – he's the craziest player that you'll ever watch. Play, you know what's funny is I don't watch a lot of hockey, but I definitely know Connor McDavid is, and I agree. I see – like, out of all he's, the hockey I don't freaking, watch, I see him dude, he's, he's a He's a freaking Martian. Like, that guy could be an alien. We don't even know. And if that's an alien, <laughs> like, we need more of those guys. Like, get him on the Pistons right now. Fuck. It, it's like, <laughs> but you watch right. Patrick you watch Patrick Mahomes, and this guy's a he, – dude, he's a freak. I – some of the plays he, he makes with his feet and with with a bum ankle too, like oh my god, like well, this guy is incredible. But I'm not comparing the Kansas City Chiefs because it's a totally different team. And obviously, when you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, um, you'll be good for a long time because Patrick Mahomes might be one of the best quarterbacks to play when it's all said and done. You know what I'm saying? But well, um, you don't really you don't really need like as as arrogant and dumb as it may sound. You don't really need a team. Uh, around you just need him like <laughs> they and him and Kelsey I mean dude just sign them both the lifetime contracts like they were down to two active dude, wide receivers last they, week and he's still get, chucking the they get a part of Patrick Mahomes contract 
was getting a quarter of the ownership of the Kansas City Royals. Like, you don't you don't get any bigger. Damn, are you serious? Yeah, that's serious. Go look it up. That's insane. It's insane. This guy's uh, for him and Travis Kelser. They're they're two of the best of all time. I, I think when it's all said and done, they will be. But I'm not comparing the Lions to the, the Chiefs. I'm comparing them to the Eagles. So I know Jalen Hurts is a different quarterback than Jared Goff. Totally get that. Totally get that. They're they're two different quarterbacks. But I think what you see from the offensive line on the Eagles, where they're overpowering and they just they just kick the shit out of other teams. Like San Francisco has one of the best defensive lines, and they took it to them. Just straight up took it to them. And I know Brock Purdy got hurt and. Obviously, the defense wore down, but that offensive line has been great all year, and that's a one kind of comparative that I can make to the to the Red, to the Eagles, to the Lions, is that dominating offensive line that's mean and nasty. And that's one of the that's one of the reasons I wanted their guard because I'm like, let's bring that guard in and let's make this thing even more nasty. So, but like, I know Jared Goff is different from Jalen Hurts. Obviously, that's the fact. But I think that when you look at the Detroit Lions and you look at the receiving core of the Lions and, and the Eagles. Like, I know A.J. Brown's great, but I think Jameson Williams is going to be just like A.J. Brown. I really do. I think he's going to be one of those top five wide receivers. And Amon Ross St. Brown by himself is a really freaking good wide receiver, and I would say he's a top 10, top 15 wide receiver at this point right now. Yeah. I mean, and, I mean. And then you look at the defensive the defensive. Uh, that side of the ball for the Detroit Lions. Obviously, it's not as good as the uh, Eagles because we traded our number one corner there. Thank you, Bob Quinn. Uh, but you're going to be building it up. Aiden Hutchinson looks like he could be a franchise-changing player. And you're going to build around Aiden Hutchinson. You're going to add people in the free agency and add people in the draft. And you're going to hope that you can get to that point where you have a defensive, uh, you have a defensive team like the Eagles have. But I think if the Lions are to follow any blueprint of these uh, – of these um, Super Bowl teams, I think it's the Eagles. Well, let me let me ask you this. Um, I, I hear you. Um, I we're not we're not there quite yet, um, but I understand where you kind of where you're thinking about it a little bit. Let me ask you a question here now. Um, in order for the, us to take that blueprint and to be that kind of team, right, with a heavy rushing attack, you do need to have someone mobile like a Jalen Hurts. Um, do you think that uh, at some point, and when that when is that point um, that the Lions need to go out and get their next level um, dual threat guy? Like, uh, is it someone you get earlier on this draft and you let them sit? Is it someone you look at next year, maybe trading up? Is it someone you hope maybe falls to you, or do you kind of just play it out until you know he's shitty or wants too much money? Um, Jared, and then you go off and get your guy. I mean, what's your plan of attack there, and is there a plan of attack, and what is your what is your thoughts on? Because at some point, the way that the league's going, you need some guy that has legs. See, I don't agree with that. I think that there's always going to be a spot in the league for guys like Jared Goff and guys like um, Derek Carr and guys like Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that they sure, can... but if any of those guys won rings, yeah, but I mean, I mean okay, you just we named Patrick Mahomes, right? Guy's a freakazoid. He's a total freakazoid. Take him off the off the ladder. I mean, has Lamar Jackson won the Super Bowl? No. Well, not necessarily. No, so, it, okay, let me rephrase this. I don't need a running quarterback, but I think it's important that you get a guy that can make let play. What if I legs. What if I meet you in the middle? What if I meet you in the middle? What if I tell you that the Lions go and they draft Bijan Robinson, 
they have a heavy running attack where they have they have a monster trio of Bijan, Swift, and Jamal. At that point, you don't need a running quarterback. You got three workhorses that can you know be the, be that guy. Part of the Philadelphia Eagles is not that they run the ball a ton. It's because they have playmakers everywhere on that offense. You know, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. He had 15 rushing touchdowns this year, man. Jalen Hurts. Well, you can you could supply that with you can go. Let's say, dude, you could t- turn it into like you could spread that 15 with like four run like two running backs like Williams and Bijan and Swift. Like I, I think that you can go. There's many ways you can go about I just think, it. I just think there's a special element that at some point we're going to need to get a guy that can make moves. Um, you know that's okay, why let I me, was. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Is the reason that the Eagles are there? Is it because of Jalen Hurts, or is it because of that team being so freaking good that he doesn't have to be uh, all everything? I mean, I know they made a Super Bowl about five seasons ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, with Carson Wentz at the helm, um, but uh, you know, you could even argue that Carson Wentz had a decent amount like of mobility. Um, you know, I'm not going to say that he was a runner by any means, but Nick, but Nick Foles won that Super Bowl, so it didn't matter. Nick Foles, right? Is um, run he, I just it, to me, to me, like, look, dude, Alex Smith was. Uh, they went to the playoffs six years in a row. They made deep runs four years in a row, and what did they do? They still drafted Mahomes, and all of a sudden. The same Kansas City Chiefs that could not break past the divisional round five, six years in a row, but they were there and they had great, they were finished 13 and three and 12 and four every year. But you got Mahomes and all of a sudden you turn it into five straight AFC championships. Yeah, but dude, if you, two you, Super Bowls, you, can say, you could say that for anybody if, if they drafted Patrick Mahomes. Like Patrick Mahomes. I don't, th- I don't know, man. But is, is Patrick Mahomes the same Patrick Mahomes if he gets drafted to the Jets or the Bears? Oh, Probably for sure. Not. For sure. If if Patrick Mahomes went to the Bears, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. See, I don't. I I I tend to I tend to think that a lot of not a lot, but a good chunk of the success of a player and what he can accomplish it boils down to like, does he go to the right coach? Does he go to the right scheme? Does right, he go to the right team? But there's there's just these freakazoids like uh, like Patrick Mahomes. I mean, like Andy, he, the, the Andy Reid, man, this guy like this guy was you know, winning games with Kevin Cobb. I mean, he got him paid. This guy, right. you know, was, was winning. It was guys getting 11, 12 wins with Mike Vick, um, you know, an older Mike Vick. You know, this guy was getting um, John Skelton paid. I mean, you know. Yeah, but here's a, the hey, odd, Pat, Patrick, I know Andy Reid. And, distra- and I'm not discrediting Mahomes, by the way. He's he's immediately a top five quarterback of all time already. Close. He's top ten. Yeah. Um, even if you retired today, I'm not discrediting him. I'm just saying that sometimes I don't think I think there's a ton of fans that said we don't need a quarterback. We have Alex Smith. He's we're winning 12, 13 games a season. He's See, he can throw the deep ball. He's doing great. When I, I are disagree. we going to graduate and get our next guy? And next guy? I disagree because at that point, Alex Smith was what thirty two. I mean, he was older. He was. You know, you're right. Yeah. I mean, JG I think is what twenty eight. Yeah, Jared Goff is in the prime of his career right now. You know that's the difference, and I think that it's kind of like the it's kind of like the San Francisco model. Like you you have a great running game. Your pass, Jared Goff has shown that he could be a, a quarterback one. Obviously, I think. See where I'm thinking is if Jared Goff was Jared Goff for thirty million a year for the rest of his career here, I love it. I'll do a backflip right here. I'll try my best, but I just don't want to get that guy paying that guy 
top five money when you know he's gonna be a glorified like an Alex Smith. You know what I mean? Like, so what? So here's the thing. Here, let's say because thirty million in two years when the cap goes up to like whatever infinity amount it goes up to. Let's say you pay him forty million. That's that's good enough. I think that would get him done, and I think he would. I think he would stay here. And listen, I know people are are kind of you know worried about you know paying Jared Goff and all that stuff. That's gonna work itself down the line. We'll see what happens there. But I think at this point in time, like you have a opportunity because of the NFC being so bad. I mean, besides the Eagles, besides the 49ers, what team really scares you? Does the Dallas Cowboys scare you? No. Do the does the Tampa Bay Buccaneers scare you? No. Does the New York Giants no. scare you? No. Does the San Fr- does the San Francisco and 49ers and Eagles scare you? Yeah, a little bit, but I think the Lions could hold their own against them. I mean, let's be honest, they played great football at the end of the year, and if they went to San Francisco, I guarantee that game would be a closer game than Seattle gave them. So I'm not worried yeah. about it. I mean, you're, they had people in Seattle talking about Geno Smith being their quarterback next year. I mean, that's just what it comes down to. And I think when you, it, when you look at it in the realistic spectrum, like you might have the top two quarterback in the NFC. There is no more Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers is getting traded. Who's that? Who else? You want to give me Jalen Hurts? Okay, I'll take Jalen Hurts as number one. But who's number two? It certainly isn't Dak Prescott. That guy is a, a walking turnover. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's Jared Goff all day, every day. I mean, if we were in, if we were in the okay, if we were in the AFC, I, we'd have a different conversation. We would really have a different conversation because you're going up against Mahomes, you're going up against Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. Like, there's so much talent over there. But I think in the NFC, it's a little bit different, and I think that you can win with just being the way that the Detroit Lions are built right now. Great offensive line. You're going to build your defensive line to be a great defensive line because you got Aiden Hutchinson. And I expect Aiden Hutchinson to take the next step in the next year. And you're going to add to that defense. And I think that this this team is going to be rolling. And they're going to be right along with the Eagles and the 49ers next year. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think we can do something big. I, I, we could definitely take that. I guess I'm just thinking ahead and, and saying, you know, we – the, the next couple, the next year or two will definitely be telling. Um, I just, you know, there, there's limitations that certain guys have because of their physical abilities and physical attributes. But I also don't want to, I understand that you can get a lot worse and I don't want to rush it. I'm super, like, I'm not a golf hater. I'm not a golf non-believer. I'm not a, uh, a dude. I don't want golf to just F off into oblivion. Um, like, I definitely think we can win here. I definitely think he can win, win and take, uh, you know, deep runs in the playoffs. I do. Um, I just, there's certain guys that have limitations and I guess my thought process is that, you know, maybe because he's so smart and so accurate and has such a good demeanor about him that, you know, you do at some point try to think the best you can for the future and, and you do it in a tactful way where, um, you know, it's, it's a passing of the of the baton and passing of the torch. Um, let, let me just be clear and say it now. Uh, outside of Bryce Young, because um, I'm I'm a I'm a big Bryce Young guy. Um, outside of Bryce Young, there's no quarterback prospect that I am interested in or want this year. I don't want Stroud. I don't want uh, Levis. And I sure as hell, for the millionth time, Detroit fans, 
please stop saying you want to draft Anthony Richardson and sit him. That guy needs time, and he needs somewhere else to develop him. I do not want to sit on Anthony Richardson for the next three years. I would Anthony, rather Anthony literally Rich- Anthony do Rich- a backflip off the Mackinac Bridge. Anthony Richardson wasn't even good in college. And, no, and what, he, it, it he's was, got amazing physical traits, but that dude – It doesn't is, matter. There's there's people, like, that have, there's people that have great physical traits and they that suck. That dude is Cam cover. Newton, but if Cam Newton closed his eyes and spun around in a circle for three minutes, like he cannot hit the broad side of a hospital. That's the issue with Anthony Richardson. Will Levis is the same way. He's gonna. They're both going to need time. And, I mean, if Brad Holmes took the – you know, took a quarterback. I'd, I'd I'd kind of respect it and I'd get it, but like I don't think he's taking a quarterback, and I don't. I think that they want to build this team like the Eagles, and that's why I was saying like, I think the Detroit Lions are going to build this thing, um, in this this off season, just like the Eagles. They're going to go heavy on defense. They're going to get a lot of defensive talent, and they're going to try to compete next year. Uh, and when you have a defense and you have an offensive line like the Lions have and the, like the Eagles have. I mean, you can win any game that you're in because if let's let's be honest right now, one of the reasons that the Kansas City Chiefs didn't win the Super Bowl against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wasn't that Tom Brady was an ultra freaking goat material. It was because their offensive line couldn't block, and that's one of the things that really sets teams apart is offensive line. And I don't care who your quarterback is, Jared Goff is good enough to be your, be a, a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Period. Like he's just he's good enough. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback. He, he, he's good enough to win. He's not. There's no talent that he has that is ultra better than anybody else. He's just a gamer. I think that that's that's something that you have to look into because, like, yeah, it's great that he 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 runs the ball, but like he has been limited running the ball because of his injury, and he's been perfect. He's been great. He's just playing the game and he's smart, and that's one of the things that Jalen Hurts is good at. He's smart. And he's he, he's he, he he throw the ball, unlike Lamar Jackson, who a bunch of you boners wanted him in Detroit. Bunch of dumbasses. Dumbasses. Whoever said anything like that, idiot. What? I said whoever said anything like that, idiots. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at you. I changed. I changed my mind, man. I was listen. I was desperate. I would have done some shit for a new quarterback when we were one and six, man. Some real yeah. dirty shit. So Lamar, Lamar you know. <laughs> I you know, we I know we're Lions podcast and all that stuff, but like if I was the Ravens, I wouldn't pay Lamar Jackson what he wants. Um it, I would tr- I would trade his ass to like okay, like I mean, you know the crazy part, I mean, I know the Pro Bowl's bull crap and it's mostly popularity, but I mean Tyler Huntley made a Pro Bowl and he's a backup quarterback. <laughs> I, I I know it's it's the Pro Bowl is such a joke, but but you know what I mean, though. Like that—that that is kind of impressive because you can be like, dude, if they did want to save that money, and maybe they just paid like—I know it sounds stupid—but like if they did just say, "Hey, we'll pay Tyler Huntley like three years, forty million or something," and we save that two hundred something million we're going to pay towards Lamar, and we just fill out a gangster team. I mean, well, I mean, is it that? Is it like, are you going to miss out on a whole lot? I mean. I just don't like Lamar Jackson. I think like, I think like when his uh, his feet. See, this is what I say about Jared Goff, though. Like, I think it's more important that you could pass the ball than being an athlete. Uh, uh, by the way, how the hell Tyler Huntley had seven hundred yards, two touchdowns, and three picks this year. How the hell did he make the Pro Bowl? Dude, I don't even know. That's insane. I don't even. I don't even freaking know how he made the Pro Bowl. Like, I I don't even know what the Pro Bowl is anymore. Like. 
Tyler Huntley making the Pro Bowl is an absolute joke. Like, I just well, don't. Well, he had two touchdowns. He had two touchdowns. I, I thought he had a better season I know, than that. I know, I know Herbert had to pull out because he got surgery. And, t- and, and, and by the way, I don't want anyone listening to this and thinking that I'm advocating for, like, let's pay Tyler Huntley. If I'm in Baltimore, let's pay Tyler Huntley and leave Lamar. I'm just saying they they run a similar style and a similar team. And going back to what you're saying about quarterbacks and stuff, um, you can probably fill out the rest of your team and and have another option at quarterback other than Lamar. I mean, Lamar does give a very good chance to win. I do. I don't think Lamar is horrible. I do like Lamar. I do think he gives you a good chance to win. But for the money that he's going to be asking for and the lack of ability to to take over games with his arm, yeah, like That's don't get me issue. wrong. Like I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying like Tyler Huntley. You should pay him. And you should let Lamar go. I'm just saying. No, I know. I know. Look, if, if if you ran a team and you said, "Hey, we're gonna give a guy like Huntley or give a guy that has like high, a little bit of upside, but is like a lot cheaper," and you save two hundred million dollars in the process, and you go back to the Ravens' identity and you stack up on 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 linebackers and you stack up on defense and you stack up on running backs and you like load up, I think you have a somewhat similar result. You still are kind of hovering around that ten and ten and seven, eleven and six. And you always have a chance to make it because their identity is set up solely around their run game and their defense. Yeah, Trent freaking Dilfer won a Super Bowl. Let's remind people of that, please. No, I, that's what I'm saying, though, dude. Like, you know, the one of the things that, like, a lot of people, they love these running quarterbacks and everything. Like, I don't care about your mobility. I care about your 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 head. Like, I, I care about, like, the way you make passes. And are you one of those quarterbacks that, like, has to get out of the pocket to make a pass? Like one of the right. things, one of the things I respect about Patrick Mahomes is he'll stand in that pocket and he'll he'll throw darts everywhere on that field. I know he can take off and run, but when he has to throw darts, he can. He can make some game changing throws. You know, when Lamar has to throw in the pocket, they keep him hemmed in. He he can't hit a broadside of a barn, and it's it's not it's not to discredit him because I think he's a great athlete. I just don't think he's a guy that's gonna be like. Like one of the things I Boomer Esiason, the quarterback that used to be the Cincinnati Bengals quarterback when they went to the Super Bowl against the 49ers, mm-hmm. he always says that like Lamar Jackson is like he is a quarterback that can play from ahead all day, every day. When you need a throw in the fourth quarter when you're down, he's not your guy. And I think that's yeah. that's where it's gonna be a struggle because I mean, if you're the Ravens, do you pay him the money that he wants? And that's the thing about Jared Goff, like I don't think Jared Goff is going to be that guy that's going to command like a ton of money. Like he's not going to try to reset the quarterback market unless he's, unless he's playing so phenomenal. Like you're, you're like, okay, this guy's fuck. This guy's a, he's he's a he's a legit quarterback one. He he might be one of the top ten quarterbacks in the league. Like at that point, you're like, okay, maybe you're going to pay him because he's doing what he's doing. But like, I just think that the way that. You know, I think the Baltimore Ravens, they're going to do the same thing. They're going to say, like, we're not paying Lamar, and we're going to build this team like we always have, where we're going to run the ball, play defense, and have a, a dominant offensive line like they already have. That's what I think. Yeah, I mean, um, I just, man, I, you know, there's, we can speculate all day, and that's our that's our job as, as pod producers and um you know, guys that really are close fans of the game. Obviously, it's our job to to speculate and to uh, predict and and to come up with these crazy topics and ideas. But this truly is like 
athletes have generally an idea. And for once, man, it's like we are kind of in the middle of an open audition floor for a lot of people on this team because um, they, you know, depending on the way things go, um, you know, a lot of different things can happen. I mean, especially a lot of these players where they can play even better, they can regress, they can stay around the same. Um, but I think that next year, in this final year of Brad Holmes' tenure, and you get to see all these players playing again for the third year straight, I think next year, way more than this past season, you're actually going to find out what you have, what you're going to get, and kind of how the future lays. So, um, look, man, if Jared Goff comes in this next season, he throws for another 42 through 4,300 yards, he throws for 30 touchdowns, and he throws less than 12 picks, then, you know, I'm even cool with paying him a good ass chunk of money, but um, this whole year is going to be such a big thing for the team to see how these guys. Play. You're gonna you're gonna let it play out, and if you're Brad Holmes, that's what's exactly what you're gonna do. You're not gonna make any decisions right now, but it, like if if I'm Brad Holmes and like I'm coming into this off season, I'm trying to make this team like the Eagles next year. Like let's get some pieces on defense. Let's get a more talented defense, and let's. Let's get these guys rolling. That's that's my philosophy, and that's why I, I, when I said my top five free agency, I had Levante, David, Jamal Dean for that reason and that reason alone. Yeah, I uh, I'm I'm excited, man. I really excited to see as the closer to the draft uh, how things start to break down. Um, I believe the combine is next month. Yeah, um, it comes quick. So. Dude. And the yeah, senior, I, and, this, and we're we're gonna talk about all that draft stuff coming up in, in future episodes. I think. It's, oh, exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'm excited. You know, the next couple of months we have a lot. You know, lots of stuff to go yeah, over. I, I feel. I feel. About. I feel like a lot of these these uh these guys, they get so early in the draft prep that they like. They make they make these proclamations so early. Like I want to see the combine, and I want the, to see the, com- the combine's gonna change everything because yeah. the combine always shoots guys way up that shouldn't be. And it always pushes guys way down that shouldn't be. And that's that's what it's, I want. That's, 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 that's what I want to see because, like, I mean, last year we seen Trayvon Walker going number one, and he came from. I think he came, dude. But before the combine, I didn't even see Trayvon Walker top mocked in the top ten. No, he was like he was like I think the I think I was reading he was like twenty seventh on Mel Kiper's first big board, and then he skyrocketed to top fifteen, top ten, and top five. It was crazy. And it's and isn't it weird? It's like, you know, like I don't know. You'd think these guys would have a an idea of that kind of stuff. And it's like, how the hell does a guy go from twenty seventh on your big board? Which I I don't know your opinions and or anybody else's. And I don't really care. I think Mel Kiper is a damn idiot. But, no, I agree. Um, but like, dude, I uh. Yeah, how do you go from twenty seventh to number one overall pick, man? I mean, the combine the combine fools so many people on teams every single year. Um, I'm ready for it. I mean, we'll see. You know, it's what gonna, I mean? it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun couple months. I think that when free agency opens, we're gonna get a lot. We're gonna, we're gonna learn a lot about the, what Brad Holmes is gonna build this team like. Um, the new year when the new year new league year opens. Um, the, the cool thing is, I think in the top twenty this year. There's so much talent that someone is gonna get to us that shouldn't at 18, or someone's gonna get to us that shouldn't at six. No, like, I, I I totally agree with you. I think that this is a draft where I think that um, some of the offensive linemen that are available, they're 
really undervalued right now, and I think they're going to skyrocket into the into into the first round. And I think that's where you're going to start to see these these you're going to get a really good player. I think this is one of the deepest drafts for quarter. Okay, deepest drafts for running backs. Not much for wide receivers, tight ends. It's pretty deep. Um, Defense is insanely deep. Offensive line is pretty deep too. Um, well, that's deep. the thing is, it's like th- this draft too. It's like it's and just like last year's, it is not very top heavy at all. No. Um, but see, you, now last year was very deep at receiver. This year's very deep at defense. Yeah. But it's not very top heavy where you got a few guys that are like. Oh, I mean, you got a couple guys for sure. You got Will Anderson and Jalen yeah. Carter that are mind blowing. But they're it's, a it's, it's, it's 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 not like it's not like it's a. You know, but you some drop, years it's like, oh, there's these top five guys, and if you're outside of the top five, you drop off a damn cliff. Well, I mean, what was that one year that? What was that one year that uh, that there was like four guys at the top, and then the rest were like just role players? I forget. What oh year, yeah, I forget what year that was. That was crazy. But it might well, have been the year just, that the Raiders took Cleveland, Cleveland Farrell at four. I think that might have been it too. Yeah, it, it's it, you, dude. This is this is going to be a crazy uh, off season, and obviously. If you guys are new to the podcast, subscribe, rate, help us review it, get us up to up the ladder. We're gonna bring you some slamming shows. We got some good guests coming on, so stay tuned to that. And um, Tyler, let's play him out. Then uh, we'll see you guys next week. Absolutely, guys, take it easy. I appreciate you uh, listening, and you know, don't forget to hop on and uh, try to find us on Twitter. Um, it obviously helps us out with uh, getting a lot more engagements. Um, it helps us out on um, being able to get, you know, maybe some special guests in the future. Yep. Um, and it helps us, you know, be able to kind of uh, gain that popularity. So um, if you guys want to, um, you know, like I said, check us out on our Twitter page on each of us. Mine is T underscore horse 95. Uh, and then Joe is at Detroit Joe Chap. And then the Lions one is D-E-T Pride. Um, and so make sure you find us on Twitter because it helps us out a lot. Yep. So find us on Twitter. If you're not on our Facebook, you're already wrong and you need to get to the right side of life. And we got an Instagram <laughs> too. So just get to those and follow along. We're going to give you some good content going forward to the draft. But Tyler, this has been a good podcast and uh, we will see you guys next week. All right, guys. Take it easy.